Hi, this is Pastor Greg Ryan of Faith Bible Church in Mechanicsville, Maryland, coming at you with my weekly podcast, So I Was Reading. In it, I'll share my observations and applications on something I read in God's Word this week, and I hope and pray that these thoughts will bless you in some way as we delve into the Word together and pray about what we've learned. Good day to you, my friends. Welcome back. Today, I'm going to get back onto my reading plan. Uh, which self will occasionally go off plan and dive into the Psalms for some reason. So we're going to look at one of those Psalm dives. Before we do, let's pray for guidance. Holy Spirit, we once again ask you to help us quiet our hearts, quiet our minds, and open them both to what you would teach us today. We thank you for your revelation, and, and we humbly ask you to reveal yourself to us during our time together today, drawing us closer to you and closer to your will. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I was reading Psalm 38, and I think it struck me because I'm fairly confident that we've all been in a similar situation to David in this one. The title of the psalm, uh, which is actually included in the Hebrew, is interesting. The CSB, which is what I'm going to read, translates it, a psalm of David to bring remembrance, identifying for us the, the purpose, if you will, of the psalm. Now the NASB and the ESV, they translate it similarly to one another, choosing a psalm of David for a memorial or the memorial offering. So either way, what we have is a psalm that's written and sung so that we or the congregation or whomever is singing or saying or reading it to help them remember. But remember what would be a logical question, though we could, um, since it is a psalm, guess that the answer will be some aspect of God. But let's read it and find out. So from the CSB, Psalm 38, and the one, and the two, because they're songs. Okay. Lord, do not punish me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath, for your arrows have sunk into me and your hand has pressed down on me. There is no soundness in my body because of your indignation. There is no health in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities have flooded over my head. They are a burden too heavy for me to bear. My wounds are foul and festering because of my foolishness. I am bent over and brought very low. All day long I go around in mourning. For my insides are full of burning pain and there is no soundness in my body. I am faint and severely crushed. I groan because of the anguish in my heart. Lord, my every desire is in front of you. My sighing is not hidden from you. My heart races, my strength leaves me, and even the light of my eyes has faded. Or in other translations, you could say, in the light of my eyes, even that is not with me. So, again, he's being abandoned. Continuing. My loved ones and friends stand back from my affliction, and my relatives stand at a distance. Those who intend to kill me set traps, and those who want to harm me threaten to destroy me. They plot treachery all day long. I'm like a deaf person. I do not hear. I'm like a speechless person who does not open his mouth. I am like a man who does not hear and has no arguments in his mouth. For I put my hope in you, Lord. You will answer me, my Lord, my God. For I said, don't let them rejoice over me, those who are arrogant toward me when I stumble. For I am about to fall, and my pain is constantly with me. So I confess my iniquity. I'm anxious because of my sin. But my enemies are vigorous and powerful. Could be translated numerous. Many hate me for no reason. Those who repay evil for good attack me for pursuing good. Lord, do not abandon me. My God, do not be far from me. Hurry to help me, my Lord. 
by salvation. Well, that actually took me longer to read than I thought it would, but I think that's okay. So I'm not going to analyze every line of what David writes here. I'm just going to kind of sum up and say that we find David in a pretty bad place, physically, mentally, emotionally, and even spiritually, but it's a kind of yes and no with that one. He attributes his wounds, the, the physical, the mental, the emotional wounds that he describes in verses 3 through 8 primarily. Um, he, he chalks these up to his own stupidity, his own foolishness, his own sin that he knows a just and righteous God, a good and loving father, must punish. He has to punish it. What's commendable in what David says is that he isn't complaining that he's being punished. He actually acknowledges that he deserves it. He even recognized that part of his suffering stems from his regret that he has sinned and warranted suffering. He knows God hears him crying. He knows God hears his pleas for relief. Um, if he deserves the pain and loneliness and anguish, then you might ask, well, why complain at all? Well, one, because it's not fun, deserve it or not, it's still pain. Uh, but this isn't his primary complaint. The heart of the complaint is verse 12. Those who intend to kill me set traps, and those who want to harm me threaten to destroy me. They plot treachery all day long. So David's enemies, and through association, God's enemies, are using David's illness, um, physical and then mental and everything else. They're using this illness as an opportunity to attack him and ultimately to attack God. Kind of the argument you might hear, well, if God's so powerful and, and the king, David in this case, is God's man, why can't God keep him from getting sick? Or if he's God's man, then why is he sick at all? Maybe maybe he isn't God's agent after all. You know, and you might even hear that today, um, not calling you a king or anything, but um, you'll hear similar arguments. And, and David is actually so sick that he can't even rise to answer their false claims. He can't respond. And that's his lament. Uh, because of his foolishness, he feels that he's unable to defend God. Now, God doesn't need it, but he's, he's it's more that, you know, to serve God in this situation. He can't stand up, if you will, for God. And I, I see a similarity to like our enemies today and actually the enemy, and then his hordes of demons and whatever else is out there, we don't even know. Um, God's enemies will oftentimes use your times of distress as an opportunity to attack you, to attack your faith, to attack your God, at least who God is in your mind. They can't really attack God, you know, they have no power over him. But from our perspective and everything, they do attack him. And they, they attack what we know of him in our hearts and in our minds. Um, and that's why it's important that we do know God intimately and that we know him for who he really is. Not what we want to create him to be, but who he really is, as his word tells us. And David does. And so his faith at this time isn't shaken. His patience is shaken. His faith is not. And what I see in verse 11 to the end is sort of a, a foreshadowing of our Lord Jesus as he approaches the cross. 
not verse 18 so much as he had no sin, um, you know, for my iniquity, but, but he did take on the sins of all mankind. And that is after all what he died for, not his own sins, but our sins. Um, but our savior was physically beaten, uh, mentally smacked down, emotionally smacked down. He was, he was scoffed at mentally abused. He was abandoned by his friends and his family and his casual followers, He's wrongly accused by the people that he came to save. He's never convicted, interestingly, uh, but he is accused um, of multiple crimes, crimes he clearly didn't commit. All he did was good. I mean, ultimately, he'd be crucified for telling the truth. They said, are you the son of God? And he said, I am, which was true. And that's what they, they crucified for him. And all he ever did was good. He healed people, he gave them hope, he taught them the truths about God, um, and then for that, he was murdered. And while this, all of this was going on, as this is being carried out, he stood silent, and he waited for God the Father, and even actually waited for his own deity. He held it in check, and he waited to act. Because first, he knew that he would face the pain of torture, the pain and the curse of death on a cross, so that he could then act to defeat death and thus impute his perfect righteousness onto us that we might also defeat eternal death and then live with him forever in eternity. And see, this is what the enemy seeks. The enemy seeks your life. More accurately, he seeks your death. But not necessarily your death here. I mean, why would he? Your earthly death is, is certain unless Jesus comes back and pulls us out of here. Um, but what he seeks is your ultimate death, the eternal death of your spirit. And so when you have pain, when you have anguish, when you have doubts and fears, uh, which you will, he, Satan, teaming up with your own flesh, jumps on that and then urges you to question the very God who gave you life and who is exactly the one you should be turning to in times of distress, not turning from. Heck, they're attacking you, especially when you're in distress. Understand this. That's fulfilled prophecy. I could give you verse after verse showing this, but let me just read you two. First, Philippians 1.29, for it has been granted to you. Pause. Granted to you. That's a gift. He allowed this for you. Unpause. That for the sake of Christ, you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. And then 2 Timothy 3.12, indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Not might be will be. See, the pain and the anguish and the distress and the suffering, that's just part of being alive. How you react to it is the question of being either a follower of Christ or a follower of the devil and the world. It really does boil down to that. So next time you're in distress, sick, things aren't going as planned, you're broke, you're broken, you're depressed, you're having feelings of worthlessness or, or feeling unloved, and your faith is attacked, who will you choose to follow? Will you choose to listen to Jesus or will you listen to the devil?
Will you remember God and who he is? Will you, like David, actually be able to simply say, Lord, do not abandon me. My God, do not be far from me. Hurry to help me, my Lord, my salvation. Let's pray. Holy Father, righteous creator and, and sustainer of our souls, we ask you, Lord, to remind us of your presence when the struggles come. Help us to seek you, to always seek you, but especially when we're weak and our guards are down. Help us focus on you and not on ourselves and to remember that you've promised to never abandon us, to never forsake us. Help us, God, to remember. Help me, Lord, my salvation. Remember that you are my Lord and my salvation. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. So thank you again for joining me in this little jaunt. And we'll see you next time. And as always... I'm waving goodbye to you now. Bye-bye. So I Was Reading is a ministry of Faith Bible Church of Mechanicsville, Maryland, a non-denominational body of believers bound together by a desire to know the Lord and to reach others with His gospel message. If you are interested to know more about our church, our beliefs, or this podcast, you can contact us at soiwasreading at faithbiblemd.org. Or look us up on the World Wide Web at faithbiblemd.org. Thank you for listening and have a blessed week in His name.